0: welcome back to good point you know what i think of every time we start this uh. um you've seen princess diaries right mm-hmm. so you made me i don't know if you remember remember her friend lily how she has that like I, it wasn't a podcast because they didn't have podcasts back then i think it was like a tv show a cable tv show through the school or something shut up and listen nope okay well the listeners will know and it's just funny. Anyway, I feel like her.
1: Too much of a pop culture for me.
0: <laughs> Early 2000s pop culture.
1: Well, American pop culture.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point.
1: You got to stop with the claps, though.
0: <laughs> Why? What's wrong with the claps?
1: Because it, it doesn't... Being natural. It doesn't really sound like... It, it sounds like something in the background, like...
0: Okay. Are we just diving into the topic today? Any updates? Mm,
1: No, I don't think so. Our lives are not that exciting.
0: They don't want to hear about potty training. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let's just say I've been cleaning up a lot of poop and a lot of pee. Glamorous.
1: Well, that's a a downer.
0: (laughs) So let's get into it. Last time we started with a little bit of trivia about Brazil and mandatory voting. Why don't you tell us about Brazil's college system? we you know, I'm assuming that our listeners are going to start out being mostly Americans because that's where we're at. Hopefully we get to a worldwide audience at some point. <laughs> um, so we kind of know how it works in the U.S. We've got public schools and private schools, but you have to pay for all of them.
1: Wait, you have to pay for public college too?
0: Yeah, you didn't know that. It's just less. A a public college like University of Washington or University of Utah, they will be less if you live in state, but they're still...
1: Is um, University of Austin... UT. UT Austin public? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. The average price
0: for a public university is $20,000.
1: But is that annually or per semester? Annually. Mm. It's not bad. $10,000 $10, a semester.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. $80,000 over four years? That's not nothing. Yep. When you're being a full time student.
1: That's crazy. So we should change the name of the, the podcast then to Good Country. It's like every episode you would just talk about Brazil.
0: I guess. Tell us about the Brazilian higher education system.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So in Brazil, you have public colleges and private colleges, just like here. But the public colleges are completely free. And you have a national exam every year called ENEM. There's some other ones too, but any Just English, like
0: our SAT or ACT, right?
1: Yeah, based on your score from that test, you apply to. Um, you can you can use that that score for both private and public colleges, just like here. But then <clears throat> you apply to public colleges, and based on your score, you get in or not.
0: So it's only based on that. Like your yeah. GPA doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I extracurriculars
1: I, I honestly don't know because it didn't do it
0: fair but what about like do you write essays for your application
1: well i don't know you write essays on on the the task i honestly i have no idea how that works
0: jp went to college here in the u.s if yeah. you were wondering um
1: yeah but the problem is then those tasks are very hard and only people who go to pri- people who go to private schools, or do like a task prep, which usually we call it cursinho, which is like little
0: course, course, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, usually like takes between a year or two that you go. It's like a school you go every day, and. They prep you for the test. So only people who do that and, and or go to private schools have higher chances of getting a better grade on the name and going to a public college.
0: And is it expensive, Christine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we yeah. have that too, SAT and ACT prep. And if you are rich, then you can have a private tutor usually. I mean, every – well, I don't know. I think every high school has an SAT prep class, not necessarily from the school always, but they'll have it in a classroom after school or something, mm-hmm. but it's usually pretty expensive. And then if you're really rich, you get the private tutor.
1: Yeah, isn't that the guy from Shark Tank who started like a SAT prep yeah. course? Yeah. He seemed nice though.
0: He did. I'm happy for him. Yeah, but that's the
1: college <clears throat> in Brazil. Thanks. Great stuff. We-, we
0: should call this a segment like... Fun facts about Brazil.
1: Tell me about Brazil.
0: Best best bites. I was trying to do an alliteration.
1: Brazil's best bite best bites. Okay. Brazil's best bites. That's that's a a tongue. Tongue twister. twister. Almost a, a tongue wrangler. <laughs> tongue
0: wrangler. <laughs> um cool. That's interesting. Okay. But for this podcast, we are talking about should college be free. In the U.S., and by free, we mean subsidized by the government, right? I think actually free. We mean that the government should pay all of the costs. Yep. Should we dive in?
1: Yeah. Should be an interesting argument.
0: Oh, let's say I am arguing that college should be free, and you are arguing that it should not. Yep. And remember, this was randomly assigned. This does not represent our actual opinions. We've researched our side, and we are presenting that argument.
1: The best of our abilities. We're no experts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I thought it would be important to start out, like, this whole argument is irrelevant if we feel like college is not important or not valuable, right? Which is is a topic that people are discussing. I happen to mm-hmm. work in higher education, so. Bias. Bias. <laughs> People are talking about that a lot. So I thought I would just share some facts about the current value of a college degree. This is as it stands now. I'm not going to say that it will remain like this forever, but here are the facts about the vol- the value of a college degree. So according to the New York Fed, bachelor degree holders are half as likely to be unemployed as their peers who only have a high school degree, and they make $1.2 million in additional earnings on average over their lifetime. So on an annual basis, median earnings for bachelor's degree holders are $36,000 or 84% higher than those whose highest degree is a high school diploma. And then uh, you see good jobs a lot of the time in the literature. And usually what that means is that it's a job that pays a livable wage and has career resiliency. So you can progress and continue to make more throughout your career. So among older millennials in the labor force, 80% of those with a bachelor's degree or higher had a good job at 35 compared with 56% of those with some college or an associate's degree and 42% of those with only a high school diploma. that's from Georgetown. All in all, when you're looking at average, bachelor's degree holders make significantly more and are more likely to be in a good job. However, there is substantial variation in earnings based on the degree that you get, and especially based on ROI. So it's not a guarantee that if you get a bachelor's degree, that means that you're going to be making more. There are some people who have done really well for themselves with just a high school degree, Mm -hmm. some people who got a degree and weren't able to find a good job. So I'm not saying that it's a guarantee, but on average, you're more likely to make more. And have a good job if you have a college degree in the current climate.
1: Here's an idea: <clears throat> Why don't we? Why don't people with lower ROI pay less on tuition? Just saying.
0: But how would they know? You mean they'd, they'd have to pay average, tuition?
1: Yeah, average.
0: Afterwards, well, there are things like
1: average a, salary,
0: income share agreements. Where you pay no. a percentage of your income.
1: Yeah, but I mean like the tuition itself is lower if your degree pays less on average.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Maybe like if we study history, well that's hard because what if someone goes to teach history in high school or someone goes to become a lawyer?
0: Yeah. And never mind. that's
1: a stupid <laughs> argument. <That's> stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever said. So stupid.
0: No, it's 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 interesting to think about. But, you know, some people would argue that the value of a college degree is not just about your job and how much money you're making as well, right? Yeah. There's the more philosophical side of learning and opening your mind. So.
1: All that crap. Anyway. Becoming better people.
0: (laughs) For the basis of this argument, we are going to just have a baseline assumption that a college degree is valuable. It's worthwhile.
1: Very good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. I'm glad you added it.
0: So with that out of the way, let me crush you in this debate.
1: That's the attitude.
0: Just kidding. That's not our attitude. My first argument for having free college or college subsidized by the government is that it would solve the college affordability crisis. So let me just throw some facts your way. Americans owe a total of 1.75 trillion dollars in federal and private student loan debt combined. Honestly, I can't even fathom how much 1.7 million or trillion dollars is. That's a lot of money.
1: Isn't that the thing? Uh, they say a million seconds like three months, and a billion seconds like 30 years.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't even know how many trillion seconds is, but it's a big number. Okay. And part of the reason for that is that college costs, um, tuition costs especially, have been increasing exponentially. So in 1980, the price to attend a four-year college full-time was $10,231 annually. That included tuition, fees, room and board, and has been adjusted for inflation. And this is according to the National Center for Education Statistics. By 2019 the total price increased to $28,775. That's a 180% increase. And remember, this has already been adjusted for inflation. So college prices have soared across all institution types, but private nonprofit institutions continue to cost more than public colleges. In The 2019 to 2020 school year, a full-time student paid $48,965 at a private nonprofit college on average compared to $21,035 at a public university. And that is annually.
1: Can I just pause you for a moment? Yeah. Can I blow your mind? Yeah. Million seconds is 12 days. Billion seconds is 31 years. A trillion seconds is 31,688,000 years.
0: That's crazy.
1: You're welcome, world. So, yeah. A uh, trilling
0: with team. American, <laughs> Americans own a lot of student debt. Um, Where was I? Okay. 180% increase in college costs since 1980, even after being adjusted for inflation. And the thing is that Pell Grants, which is the way that the government subsidizes college costs for low-income learners – Um, The Pell Grants have not been keeping pace with that exponential increase. Pell Grants covered 79% of college costs in 1975. Mm -hmm. By 2019, only 25% of costs were covered. That's tuition and fees plus room and board. Right.
1: It's called greed.
0: Well, there's a really interesting um, daily episode, another great podcast, The Daily by the New York Times.
1: They're sponsoring us.
0: (laughs) They don't know exist. Um, But they had an episode about this, about why college costs have increased so much and sure there's basic economics of supply and demand that people are going to continue to pay for that so why not just increase the cost but it's mostly because of the increase in um administrative costs back in 1980 You would just go to college and there would be the professors. There wasn't that much support services, whereas now most colleges have a lot of mental health counselors. They have a lot of extracurricular activities and all of these extra services on top of the actual teaching have contributed to this increase Hmm. in costs. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so one way to just provide free college is to increase the pell grant such that it covers tuition plus fees for a let's say for a public college and so that would be an average of about $25,000 if you increase the pell grant then you could essentially provide free college to a certain threshold right like you could adjust what that threshold was but let's say if you Make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year, you get a twenty-five thousand dollar Pell Grant. That's paying for tuition and fees. That's one way to solve the college affordability crisis.
1: Beautifully said. Okay, um, so I want to refer to two studies that I found that were very interesting. So this one is from the what is it called? The Urban Institute. They found this this is from 2015 to 2016 so keep in mind that it's it's 6 years old but it has some good information there. So they found that the students from low-income families are more likely than others to have free tuition because all the Pell grants and, you know, programs are targeting low-income families. So they found that the share of students whose tuition was covered by grant aid ranged from 57% of those from families with income with incomes below 27,000 to eight percent of those uh, from families with income of under thirteen thousand or more makes sense. Low is, low income students with zero net tuition borrow less than others, but among those students, two thirds of them graduate with debt, and almost twenty percent borrowed thirty thousand dollars or more. So even though they're st- they're going to college for free, they're still graduating with a good chunk of debt. I'm not saying that they're graduating with two hundred thousand dollars of debt, but still, if if you're coming from a uh, your your background is your family income is below twenty seven thousand dollars a year, you're graduating with thirty thousand dollars. That that's that's a good amount of money. And I want to I want to make it very clear that like from the economics aspect of this argument, it's very complicated and. I found so many different people saying so many, so many different things. And I think it's because there's a lot of political argument going around for, for tuition colleges, but very little math and actual economic studies being done on it.
0: Do you find out how much it would cost?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. So then I found this other um, article from the Britannica, and this was a, is an interesting argument that they they found that the tuition is only one expense college students have to pay, and it accounts for anywhere from twenty eight point nine percent to seventy three point six percent of total average college cost.
0: Okay, this is in the U.S.
1: In the U.S., yeah. Okay. So on average, in state tuition at a four year public college costs ten thousand dollars, and I think you you mentioned that the cost of a public. Um, institution already fees room and board from on-campus housing are another eleven thousand nine hundred and fifty books and supplies are another a thousand dollars transportation another thousand and other expenses around two thousand dollars without tuition college still costs an average of sixteen thousand dollars per year so and this is um just doing at a four-year public college, which in-state fees. So still, students need to come up with $16,000 a year to cover for their costs. They found out, so Sweden, they were, they were doing the study in Sweden as well, So which has free college. But yeah, students in that country had an average of $19,000 in student debt for living costs and other expenses in 2013. Compared to 24,800 debt U.S. college students had the same year. So, very similar debt ratio from a free tuition country to a non-free tuition country. So, that's from the student side of the spectrum. Then now, what it would cost the economy to offer free tuition, the burden will fall. It, it would come from tax, right? From taxpayers. So, the burden... From that would fall in the uh, mid to low class families. Why is that? Well, because if you're high income, like a a thousand or two or two on your taxes will not impact you very much. But if you're a lower income um, household, any increment on your taxes it's a big burden, right?
0: I guess if you're assuming that those taxes would be spread equally, we could say that taxes are going to be increased only on people that. That earn more than $400,000 a year.
1: Yeah, which is on the Bernie Sanders, I think, on his proposal, he was proposing to only tax Wall Street. Um, and there was, it, it was a complicated taxation on.
0: For free college or saying? For free college, yeah. Got it.
1: But overall, it would, you know, let's just in this scenario say that it's coming from. Um, from taxpayers, I'm gonna use the the Bernie Sanders um, program because he was, you know, even though Biden had a cost for his free tuition college proposal, um, it, there was this whole debate that he took it out from the website and then he was mentioning like it one amount that no one could find anywhere. Anyway, so Bernie Sanders was the only one who came out and said like, this "Is gonna how much is gonna cost to, to have free college?" So he said they would cost $47 billion per year and had states paying 33% of the cost, or $15.5 billion. Okay, So there was this professor of economics at Will and Mary College named David uh, Feltman, and he said this would require tax increases or it will force states to move existing resources into higher education and away from other state priorities like healthcare, prisons, roads, and K-12 education. The problem is um, that states have revenue coming from their public colleges, right? So, for example, in Wyoming, it's $77 billion. But in California, it's $5 billion a year in revenue. One, they're going to use the revenue stream, and they will have to pay an additional fee to subsidize the tuition-free program, or the 33%. Right? Right? The same professor calculated that free college funded by tax dollars would cost every adult payer $1,306 a year or $77,500 over a lifetime. So, the problem with the affordability crisis sure, you could help students not have $100,000 in debt, but they'll still need to take out some, some amount of money to cover for other expenses. And two, the money will come from taxpayers, which is a $1,300 for every adult in the country. Like I was saying, if you're taxed by $1,000, if you make $200,000 a year, sure, not a big deal. If you make $30,000 a year, your tax go, you know, it's proportional, right? But any, any sort of movement on your tax um, liabilities for your low-income people, it's a huge burden, right? So two sides of the spectrum, like I said, very, very hard to find heart numbers. So I found those two um, studies I'll, I'll share with everyone, but, you know, that will not solve completely the amount of money that we are spending and leveraging for education.
0: That's super interesting. You brought up several good points. And I think that's why sometimes... We try and simplify things as like there's two sides, right? Even that's what we're we're doing yeah. here. Um, but even if you believe that college should be free or subsidized by the government, there are a lot of different ways to do that, mm-hmm. right? So to your first point, I also found that that tuition and fees are just a portion of college costs. And so there are various different proposals out there that take that into account, but some don't. Like I don't think Biden's plan did. But there's a nonprofit organization called College Promise, and their whole purpose is to gain public support for a free college, and they have a very detailed proposal, policy brief which I can link to as well. And that's why they say that any college program should be a first dollar program. I think we touched on this a little bit, but there's last dollar programs, which is whatever you have left after Pell Pell Grants grants, and any other scholarships that you get, then we'll cover the rest. And that's usually just of tuition and fees, right? But a first dollar program says, we're giving you this amount, whatever um, the tuition and fees is, we're paying that amount first. So then you, if you qualify for Pell Grants and any other scholarships, you can use that to pay for room and board, books, transportation, all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, so that's what I do understand is like – because Pell Grants will only apply for those who need it, mm-hmm. right? Instead of you giving tuition free to everyone, including people that could easily afford education, you are helping – who needs the most and it's it's not a debt, it's a grant from the government. So yeah, there was a lot of argument from people saying instead of you just funding free college for everyone, just increase Pell Grant to cover for everything for those who need the most.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a valid argument. Yeah. Um, especially because that would be putting the burden mostly on the federal government. I mean, you would still have to increase taxes to do that, most likely, because where is that money coming from? Yeah, for right. The Pell grants. If the- you would need to increase it significantly. Like right now, the maximum is six thousand nine hundred something. Yeah. And from what I read, they they said it would need to be like twenty to twenty five thousand in order to do that to cover the average like ten thousand public school plus the extra, you know. 10 to fifteen thousand for all the other costs yeah we should probably move on since that was just the first topic but i think a lot of super interesting points there uh okay next one is free college would decrease inequality so hopefully it should come to no surprise to anyone listening to this that we have massive massive inequality in this country and that's also the case for college attainment, post-secondary attainment. So the percent of different populations with an associate's degree or higher in the U.S. looks like this. 71% of Asian Americans, 56% of white Americans, 40% of black Americans, 30% of Hispanic Americans. So there's massive inequality there. And we just talked about the very beginning of this episode how much more wealth over your lifetime and how more likely you are to be in a good job when you have a college degree. So not having a college degree is contributing to the income inequality that we have. Today, the average white family has roughly 10 times the amount of wealth as the average black family. And then even when you look at college graduates, white college graduates have over seven times more wealth than black college graduates. And that is primarily because the average black college graduate has to take on more debt than the average white college graduate. Four years after graduation, the average black college graduate owes $52,726 compared to $28,006 for the average white college graduate. The current college costs first keep many low-income and students of color from applying, but even When they do apply, they take on more debt, which keeps them from amassing well later on. So what's really interesting is I looked at a 2020 report by the American Educational Research Association of 33 public community college promise programs or free college programs across the United States. They found that Those programs are associated with large enrollment increases of first-time, full-time students with the biggest boost in enrollment among Black, Hispanic, and female students. So free college leads to larger enrollment for everybody, but specifically for underrepresented groups. What are your thoughts?
1: Okay. From my perspective, what I was reading is that yes – The free college um, tuition will increase the amount of people starting college, but the completion rate um, has not been proven to increase with the tuition-free program. So yes, when you have a free college, people are signing up, but for many reasons, um, I I have stats here that was very interesting. So under California's community college fee waiver program, over 50% of the state's community college students attend for free. But only 6% of all California community college students complete a career technical program, and fewer than 10% complete a two-year degree in six years. So the bottom line is, yes, people will go to college, but it's not proven that they will, they will graduate. There's the this Forbes um, article that I, I was reading and the author author was referring to this um, study done by the wrap-up education, or sorry, re-up education to help um, students re-enroll. And they found out that even though financial hardships is one of the, the reasons students leave school, it is not the top reason. They found out that life balance, which is juggling responsibilities outside of college, is a more significant reason students leave. So by having, you know, sometimes it needs to support the family, needs to work full time, and that is just too much. And um, he goes on to say that the problem is colleges in the, in the U.S. are designed for research, not for learning. And um, he was saying that if you offer tuition, college-free tuition to everyone, you're going to start killing innovators in the sector. So he mentioned a lot of cool colleges. Let me see if I find the list.
0: Like Western Governors University? Yeah,
1: <laughs> he mentions Western Governors University. But he was mentioning that there's so many startups and innovative companies trying to solve this problem. They offer low-cost um, education but the, the entire experience is um, based on flexibility and on the student experience. So that is proven to, one, increase the um, inequality in g- education. Most of the students um, sign up for those courses are from low-income classes or black communities or la- la- Latinx communities. Is that how you say it now? I don't know. I'm There's Latino. a big
0: debate about that. I'm
1: Latino, and I never know how to say that. Well, no, I'm Brazilian. It's different. But he was saying that, sure, then you offer free tuition to everyone. Those callers are going to die out because they won't be able to qualify for for those free tuition programs. The other interesting factor that I found was Germany has free tuition, right? But they found out that Germany's schools do not actually reach a greater greater share of the population, 31% 31% of German uh, Germans ages 25 to 35 have a college degree compared to, with 48% in the United States. And a smaller portion of students in Germany are the first um, in their families to attend college. So, like, even Germany that has, for tuition, it's a lower proportion of, of the population that actually go to college. So, it's not guaranteed that by offering free education that people will go and you, you're going to reach, reach a greater part of the population. And two, it's not proven that free tuition increases um, level of graduation on students.
0: Great points. <laughs> I swear. Obviously, I, I work at Western Governors University. So I see firsthand the model that most colleges and universities have doesn't work for a lot of people because of balance in their life, other responsibilities that they have. Yeah. Even community colleges who try and do, you know, evening classes or things like that, it's still requiring you to leave your home, put your butt in a seat, get there, pay for transportation to get there, sit there, you know, and go back however many times for office hours. I think COVID has helped. Yeah, in I agree. Some of that. Honestly, colleges should have been. <laughs> utilizing Zoom and other things way earlier, but it's still the, the basic model is not going to change completely. And it still takes a long time to graduate, right? And that's just really hard. If you are a single mom, How you're either going to take your class or you have to try and find a babysitter, then you have to not only pay to get there, but pay for a babysitter. That's just really, really hard. And so there are colleges that are solving for those problems by having college online, having flexibility where you can move as quickly through the courses as you want. Um,
1: Thank you WGU for sponsoring this (laughs) episode today.
0: But I, what I am interested in, and I, I don't know. I haven't looked at this, but could a school like WGU still qualify for a program like that? Because Um, Schools, I keep saying WGU because that's what I'm familiar with, but um, Southern New Hampshire is another example, Liberty. Those colleges are accredited, and students who go to them receive Pell Grants. Yeah. So if you can receive a Pell Grant to go there, uh, I think you would be able to receive whatever college promise program there was
1: yeah the the my my counter argument i have the list here he the the guy from forbes he said duet peloton university concourse college unbound da vinci x and western governors and kenzie academy L- Lam- lamb Lam- lambda 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 school
0: which is now bloom First. institute they Tech. rebranded I think okay. that's a little old and kenzie academy is owned by southern new hampshire now hmm.
1: Yeah, so those, those are the, the problems he, he um, cited. But the, my, my counter-argument today is it is proven that when you have free tuition countries, the government doesn't give enough money to keep up with good quality education. So let's say, sure, WGU starts getting money from the government to offer for tuition, but that might be lower than what they're getting from existing students paying for their tuition. Therefore, they cannot innovate as much as they they are right now.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, because I, for example, Germany again, and then I think I, I talk about that on my next point, but Germany doesn't have any college on the top 50 in the world just because, you know, it's, un, it's free, but it's underfunded by the, the government. So it, it could be the case that they will qualify, but they're not going to get enough money to keep innovating and disrupting.
0: I mean, we see that in our K 12 schools, right? There's yeah. Some public K 12 schools that are phenomenal, um, that are in rich areas that are getting yeah. more money, versus schools that are in poor areas that are underfunded, aren't able to keep up and pay for the things that they need. So,
1: okay, are we good on this point?
0: I think so. Okay, last one is that free college would produce a strong workforce. Where we are right now, we're currently experiencing major workforce and skill shortages in key areas of the economy, including healthcare and information technology. 87% of companies worldwide are aware that they either have a skills gap or will have one within a few years, and skills gap just means they don't have employees Enough employees with the skills they need to meet their goals. Um, By twenty thirty, the talent shortage and skills gap in the U.S. alone is expected to total a loss of eight point five trillion dollars.
1: And how is that calculated? Just because they won't have enough people to produce more is like based on GDP and.
0: I think so. They're assuming like if we were at one hundred percent. That's how much we could produce, right? Mm -hmm. So. What's being done because of that? We can look at a few states. Tennessee is actually a state that has a pretty robust free college program. Um, It started in 2008 with a few small businesses getting together in eastern Tennessee. They couldn't find enough skilled workers, particularly nurses, computer technicians, welders, and pipe fitters. And so in response, Knox County started a program funded by local businesses and leaders that offered tuition-free community college to all high school graduates. Um, And then we can see now more than a decade later the results of that. So participants who graduated from high school in 2009, 2010, and 2011 were earning on average 13% more seven years after graduation than their classmates who did not participate in the program. So the students who took advantage of it are earning more. And um, three years after it started, the program raised college enrollment among high school graduates by about three percentage points on average. So after seeing those results in 2014, Tennessee started a statewide program offering tuition free community college or technical school. It's funded by the state and private donors fund a nonprofit organization that has other student succession initiatives including mentorship. Since 2014, a significantly higher percentage of high school graduates have enrolled in college within a year and more have earned degrees or workforce certificates. And that's according to the Lumina Foundation, which is an independent private foundation. So, that's a case study we have of Businesses realizing they had a skills gap, recognizing that they had a system of community colleges who could help. They implemented free college and they found more people going to college, more people graduating and earning degrees and certificates.
1: Okay. So this was a very interesting point for me because I found a lot of interesting um, things happened in the past with... England. So the first kind of argument that I found, and we can, I think it's, I, sh- I should just make this clear. We all understand that a degree will open opportunities. This is, that was, this is not a discussion, right? A college degree will open doors and you're going to earn more.
0: Depending on the degree that you get, there is. Fair significant differences in roi from a french literature versus like a computer science degree
1: fair fair but a french literature yeah sure i agree with that um but if everyone had a, a a degree because of free college it might cause a mayhem in the market the reason being everyone would have a degree so that's not a differentiator anymore so what companies might start doing is benchmarking people using grades or even the college you graduated from as a benchmark.
0: Don't they already do that?
1: To a certain, certain degree, yes. But let's say everyone has a college degree. How to differentiate people when you're hiring them? Like the, competi- the, the competitiveness of finding a job We exponentially get more difficult.
0: That's kind of already happening, though, with micro-credentials. Like, now it's not enough. Not that it's not enough, but you get a degree, and then you get a um, CompTIA certificate in cybersecurity, or, you know, Google, IBM, Microsoft, they all have Mm -hmm. micro-credentials. So, I mean, maybe that goes to your point but i do see that happening in the market already
1: yeah i agree it's just um companies will find ways to keep discriminating against let's say someone goes to free college and that person could only get into a small local college like that person would have spent four years of their lives going to college and not find a job still because everyone else has a college degree yeah. Okay. And the second point is the dramatic decrease in quality of education. I already mentioned that Germany who offers free tuition, doesn't have a single college in the top 30 or 50 in the world, but I found this very interesting study done on the English experience. So they found that the, the making college free, it's not the way to increase quantity, quality and equity of education. In this study, they were using how much institutions spend to educate each student as a rough proxy for institutional quality. And the the British system changed in 1999. They the way they they had free tuition, free college for everyone up to 1998. Starting in 1999, they started a program where. They cap how much colleges can charge for tuition, and then they have a bunch of you know pays at pay as you earn, and depending on how much you make, you you pay back that to um to the, so everyone go to college for free. Like once you enroll, it's free, and then they cap the tuition for all the colleges. And once you graduate, you start paying back to the government the money you um, loaned as a tax. And that's based on based on your income. That's how they're doing now. So I found uh, in this study they show how much colleges and if I have the the graph there, I can't even post on Good Social, but they show um, this graph that sh- um that has how much money colleges were spent, spent per student starting nineteen sixty one. So in nineteen sixty one was like ninety nine thousand. It peaked in 1973 at roughly like 14,000. And after they instituted the free college, it just decreased. And then it bottomed in 1997 at roughly 6,000 pounds per student. So the quality of education in England, it just like bottomed with the free college tuition. And then if you see from 1999 onward, that has only increased. By 2013, it was back to 10,000 pounds per student. So they found when they're doing the study that because the government's funding every college, it severely underfunded every college. So the amount the amount of money they were spending per student to educate them, it was not enough to produce high-quality professionals. And that is that is the fear, right? Especially in the US where, you know, and if I was looking at campuses in Germany and um England, small campuses, you know, in 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 Germany, like they cram 300 people in one room with one teacher, one professor. And then you look at campuses in the US with like those humongous stadiums and gyms and auditoriums. So just imagine cutting all the funding all of a sudden and the government is, is uh, stipulates how much money they're going to give you, they won't have enough money to fund education, right And the thing that I already mentioned, because colleges in the US are now equipped are more equipped for research than for education that would like cause a huge disruption in learning. For, for the students. So it's not only making tuition free, it's completely changing the culture of education in America. So even though th- there is the idea that everyone with a college degree would make a better workforce, there's also the fear that because of the decrease in, edu- in the quality of education, that will not be the case.
0: That's interesting. I had two thoughts when you were talking. I was thinking, in a way, this argument is very similar to the arguments for other things being free, like healthcare. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's yeah. one of the main arguments is that it would decrease the, the quality. quality. A lot of the healthcare proposals have said, well, you can still have private insurance. And that's what I was thinking. It's like, well, there's still the gonna be the private colleges, like Harvard and Stanford aren't going away. Then it's like to the second point, is that gonna just increase inequality because employers are gonna wanna hire those people?
1: Yeah. That wasn't my first point. Like, if everyone has a a degree, you're going to hire people from um, private colleges only, mostly.
0: So I think the question is, can colleges become more efficient? Can they continue to provide a good education with less money? And I think back to talking about some of the other disruptors like WGU. Like, WGU is significantly less expensive because they don't have to deal with brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, there's so many costs associated with that, right? Um, and their faculty model is just different. They're not doing research, right? So I think there are ways to create a more scalable system where you can still have quality education at a lower price point. And so could that mean a proposal like this we talked about several stipulations right like it should be a first yeah. dollar program um how how where's the money coming from but also could you demand changes like you have to have half of your courses available online i don't know something to think about
1: i think it was interesting what england did to put a, a ceiling on how much money they can charge for tuition cuz you still have and I was reading about a, a lot about ownership over something that is free. You know, people don't really take. I think it's it's almost psychological. If something's free, you don't value as much as something that you have to pay for, right? So especially in the in the in the England yeah, study, they found that the the retention was higher, graduation was higher, enrollment was higher, once it was not free anymore. It's because the mentality changes. But it still is an affordable system that everyone can go to, and because colleges can plan on that, they are forced to become more innovative. Because still is is still an open market, it's still a competitive market, right? You want to make a college renowned, but you you have a cap on how much money you can spend. So, like knowing that, how how can you make the best with eggs you were given? Good stuff.
0: Yeah, this was really interesting.
1: This was a a challenging topic to Um, research.
0: Should we tell them that this is the third time we've tried to record?
1: Yeah, we should.
0: Recording at 9 p.m. is not ideal for us. Yeah. Oh, we've got to pick our next topic, right? Oh, yeah.
1: We're staying on the free stuff.
0: Yeah. Our next topic is going to be, should healthcare be free in the U.S.? I had forgotten that when I made that (laughs) comment, but I think um, a lot of similar arguments and we just wanted to dive in. So, what should heads be? Should heads be, um, it should be free or it should not be free?
1: It should be free.
0: Heads is it should be free. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to flip it for you. Heads. So, you're arguing that it should be free. I'm arguing that it should not.
1: It's interesting because I just argued that college should not be free.
0: Yeah. I'm glad it worked out that way.
1: Well, Brazil does have free health care. Oh, yeah, it's called Zeus.
0: Almost got cataracts there <laughs> I'm gonna an... start I'm gonna open with that story
1: Yeah, you gotta If you do have a free healthcare system You gotta know where to, where to go
0: Yeah, Okay. alright, that's it
1: Yeah, good stuff
0: Good point, JP
1: Good stuff, good point yeah.
0: You're still not catching on
1: No, I'm not
0: right. Bye Bye